Welcome to the podcast New Work and Sustainability. My name is Nicole Helmerich. I accompany leaders and teams to connect and co-create meaningfully and to grow, bringing themselves and their business forward. I help organizations to transform in a sustainable and people-centered way. Let us think organizations as a living system. In this podcast, we'll explore cutting-edge new work practices and sustainability practices for your organization, for your team, and for you as a leader. In this episode today, we talk about circular economy with Heike Hess. Let me present my guest. Over the last 25 years, Heike has been working with and for sustainable textiles. She leads the International Association of Natural Textile Industry. Her daily work makes her an expert for many different aspects of sustainability in the global textile supply chain. It is close to her heart that fashion is produced in a socially fair and environmentally friendly way and that fast fashion is accepted less and less. For this end, she works with producers, retailers, brands, politicians and consumers. Welcome, Heike, to the show. Hello, Nicole. Thank you for having me. Before we get started, let us first check in. Why? This helps us to get present, to get focused on what we would like to do today. Try it out with your team. Besides getting present, it is also a wonderful way to get to know each other better. We do this check-in with three hashtags today. My three hashtags today are... New work and sustainability expert, intrigued by regenerative business approaches, and hashtag favorite film, Argentina, 1985. What are your three hashtags today? My three hashtags are circular economy in textile industry, slow fashion, and the third one is a song, which is my favorite song. It's from Gossip move in the right direction. Thank you for your three hashtags. Our topic today is circular economy. So Heike, what is circular economy and how does it look like in the textile industry? Well, uh, circular economy is above all the alternative to linear economy. That means linear economy would mean to take natural or synthetic materials and resources out of environment, turn them into products. These products get used until they become waste and then likely pollute the environment. In the contrary, the circular in economy means that not disposing of products that are end of life, so means keep them in use, and also their components if possible, recycle them, upcycle them, expand the period um, of use as long as possible. Keywords here would be long life, sharing, secondhand, etc. Second aspect um, is to use the lowest possible uh, amount of resources um, you can do to make a product. So lose less water, less energy, less raw materials, etc. And um, the third aspect would be eliminate pollution that endangers the environment when producing products, which is quite an important aspect because most people think it's just uh, about keeping the loop uh, closed, but it's also about um, yeah, producing clean uh, products in the end. What does that mean to textile industry? That's quite a 
long story because um, the um, supply chain for producing fashion is quite a long supply chain. I will have to tell this briefly to understand how complicated it is to work in closed loop. So we start with producing the fibers, which can be raw, um, natural raw fibers or synthetic raw fibers. And um, then we have to produce yarns. We have to produce fabric, we have to cut and trim, we have to add colorants and so on. So there are many suppliers involved and at, at each single step of this production chain, we have to ask questions on circular economy. That would mean, for example, are all raw materials I use for my products, are they um, recyclable or degradable? Um, for example, um, if I use um, natural fibers, they will be of course, degradable. And if I use, um, on the other hand, a composition mix of synthetic and natural fibers, for example, um, they're not really recyclable in the end. So I should avoid this. Then uh, second question would be, how can I use as little um, resources as possible? Um, how can I save water? How can I uh, save energy, chemicals? And also, how can I um, save fabric? So cut and trim is a quite important topic too. Third question would be, how can I design my products long life? Um, how can I keep them in use? Um, there are some uh, intelligent um, fashion um, possibilities like, for example, dresses for children which grow with their age, for example. Or um, how can I make them without losing quality, not bleaching out, not um, lending and so on. Fourth question would be, how can I make my products ready for a second life. I just uh, had this aspect in the beginning. And could I implement some logistic supports for my consumers, installing, taking back systems and so on and so forth. So many questions more, but I think that should be maybe enough for the beginning. Yes, this is a, a great way of opening and of thinking about what do we actually talk about because um, circular economy and thinking circular economy is like a system solutions framework, right? So we need to walk through those different steps uh, that you have opened up and, and have put questions to right now. So thinking about the design for sustainability right from the start, thinking about what about the material sourcing? How does it, how does it look like? And then when I turn... Uh, the textiles um, in, in from yarn into the production. What are the elements here that are to consider? Also then, what about the end of the life cycle? You've been posing important questions there. And um, how about like bringing back those uh, textiles um, to the companies who have uh, priorly produced them? So if you think circular, it, it, it's many different steps in, in the process that you have to consider it can be quite complex and um, quite intense to think this through. Um, what are the what are the first steps that come to your mind from the questions that you have just raised? Um, some steps, some examples that you would like to bring on, maybe. Uh, well, maybe we we just start right at the beginning. Um, of fashion. So, um, and the beginning is uh, the raw material. So, which fibers do I 
put into my fashion. Um, do I choose natural fibers or do I choose synthetic fibers? So if I have, uh, um, and there are a couple of sustainability risks go with each of uh, both uh, categories. If I if I'm talking about synthetic fibers, um, they they would use a lot of water, a lot of energy and non-renewable um, resources, of course, um, mainly oil. And um, thinking of circular in economy, um, actually, this is not really a, an advantage um, compared to natural textiles, which grow on the field or are um, produced in the farm and are um, renewable. That means um, I can reproduce them again and again. It's not an ending source. So that would be um, one of the aspects. But um, still, um, the need of using synthetic fibers is there. So um, still, I can decide which kind of um, synthetic fiber would I use. For example, if I use polyester and I purely use polyester, that can be recycled easily in the end. But the disadvantage from the um, environmental risk is natural fibers, of course, are degradable. I can put them on the compost if I like to. Synthetic fibers are not. I mean, everybody has heard about microplastic, for example, which um, will get into the environment um, when using synthetic um, fashion. And uh, this would be the first aspect. Of course, this is not the end. So um, the next step would be the whole production. And here is a focus on all wet processes. That means everything where I need water and chemicals to produce my fashion, my product. And here I can produce either in a closed loop that means I can use all my um, colorants and all the water and so on again and again because I'm regenerating what I used for it. And of course, I have to um, have a big focus on what do I use? I mean, water is not dangerous for environment, but the chemicals definitely are. They do harm to fishes, to animals, to the soil and so on. And yeah, the less chemicals I use, of course, the better it is. Maybe just to, to come up with some figures why this is so important um, to really get a handle on this, right? So right now, uh, we know that we have less than 1% of old clothes that becomes new clothes. And um, that much of the used clothes from Europe and North America ends up in, in landfills and um, almost, almost always in, in landfills elsewhere outside of Europe um, and outside of um, North America, for instance, in, in Ghana or in, in Chile. Then we also know about what you have mentioned um, about the problem of microfibers, right? So the Ellen MacArthur Foundation has estimated that there's uh, 500,000 tons of microfibers released in the ocean each year from, from yep. washing clothes. So it's very important to, to get a handle onto this um, also, we know that um, around about roughly 20% of the industrial wastewater pollution worldwide originates from the fashion industry. So there's a place where the fashion industry can improve and, and can actually get, uh, get better um, when we think about circular economy. Um, yes, this is um, a really big topic um, because... Um, 
it's um, still, even though we read a lot about microplastic uh, in the media, it is still a completely underestimated risk for environment. For example, we are filling nature with plastic for uh, more than 100 years now, and um, it increases in a huge speed. So we really have to do something about that. Uh, the possibilities here, of course, is use less synthetic fibers. Um, that would be the first thing to do. The second thing to do would be to develop better water plants and also um, washing machines, for example. I mean, the consumer also uh, brings it into the environment, not only the industry. Um, it's quite a big amount which happens here in uh, the consumer's households. So that would be um, the second chance to stop that. And also to develop fiber components, which keep the fibers from um, getting into the environment too. That would be a third possibility. Yeah. But uh, of course, as um, you can guess, because we are um, the Association of Natural Textile Industry, um, our first measure would be not using um, synthetic fibers any longer. That's quite unrealistic because we are, I think, with 75% now. So 75% of textiles are synthetic fibers. But I think we have to rethink this. Definitely. I mean, that's also one, one element uh, of the principles of the circular economy, how to regenerate nature, right? Um, so what's the end goal of this? And how can we not only not do harm, but how can we actually regenerate nature um, from the way we produce? And sometimes it needs larger or bigger goals or, or aims in order to, to, walk to walk towards it, even though if we're not there yet at all, right? Um, I just wanted to think, we've, we've talked about uh, what is circular economy a bit um, and how does it look like? Um, and we've walked people through the circle a little bit. Um, why is this topic important uh, for you? Why is it dear to your heart? This question is getting me to uh, a little bit uh, of a pathetic um, region because I think um, we do have to stop taking uh, things out of our planet and don't give it back. We have only this one planet and it's so important to save it and to care, take care for it, for example, more than anything else if we talk about environmental risks. And um, we have the so-called Earth Overshoot Day, which means that the day in the year when we used all the resources we actually should be taking. Um, and in 2023, the overshoot day already is expected to happen in July. That means we're nearly using twice as much resources from the environment than we than we should do without really uh, doing damage um, to the planet. So this is really something which is so important to me. The second thing is um, that I think we are producing so much waste and uh, that's one of the things I really don't like to do. In the last 20 years, the amount of um, uh, wasted textiles or the um, used textiles, um, which don't go back into the circle again, has tripled. So that means we have three times as much 
textile waste than 20 years ago. I think this is uh, really worth thinking over it. I think this is very important to stop. Yes, I'm with you on that. And um, in the former episodes of, of this podcast, we have started the, the thinking about what does it mean to do less harm or to actually regenerate. In an episode with uh, Jean-Philippe Steger on regenerative leadership and regenerative organizations, We've reflected upon the book of uh, Jills Hutchins and, and Laura Storm on how to really um, embed the idea of, say, circular economy or other approaches that are important in not only in the textile sector, but also in other sectors in something that is actually thought together with the business model. So uh, much of the development um, that we see is um, that is thriving in terms of business is when uh, the idea of sustainability and their approaches actually go together with the business model and not and aren't in competition with it. Um, so that's also one thing we started to to think through. Go back to episode three if you're interested in that, and then. In an episode four, we talked about um, social impact DAOs, so a new movement of tech people trying to bring together sustainability experts with tech people in uh, so-called social impact DAOs. Uh, Regents Unite is one example where Jeremy Akers talked about it in episode four. So I think it's always important to kind of see how we can embed this into, into a larger picture. And I can see... Uh, a, a lot of movement there. And if we go to what is happening um, in, in your association, what is happening with the, with the companies you support and you work in, um, uh, how does it look like in terms of circular economy there? Our members are mostly A, pioneers. So that means they have been working sustainable for 20, 30, 40 years already. So right from when we started to talk about sustainable textiles already. So, and they already have implemented um, a lot of measures to produce carefully, to produce in the sense of environment and not in the sense of maximizing their own winnings. So, uh, I mean, of course, they're economic enterprises and they have to also earn money, but uh, the importance is uh, comparably low to the conventional textile industry before all uh, in comparison to fast fashion industry. And I think it would be great if uh, all stakeholders could rethink uh, fashion. That means started, of course, with the producers and more of them would have a, a larger focus on sustainability, which means using correct um, or, or harmless chemicals, for example, or renewable or regenerable materials and so on. And um, also social standards, which are very important. And also a rethink with uh, politicians. So um, make better laws into the direction and faster make better laws into the direction of sustainability. But also maybe the consumers should rethink uh, the fashion topic. It's not so important to have uh, 45 different t-shirts in the cupboard and change them every three weeks, but uh, have uh, an attitude towards good textiles, long-lasting textiles. Um, and they also can be fashionate, of course. But uh, um, mostly with younger people, um, I think that that's um, a point to talk about. 
to stop buying fast fashion. That's a very important point you're raising. How do we all think about um, using clothes, wearing clothes, and how do we think about the reuse, also the, the, the repair maybe, um, and um, how can we make things last longer? Yes. And uh, if we look at solutions for the circular economy, the solution does not lie in a fast fashion solution. Uh, it probably lies in a bit of a different model. When we think about the sector, where the textile sector comes from um, and where has it arrived today, where do we stand? What do you think? I think we did achieve um, certain things. So we have come to the point where consumers and, um, well, also producers really do efforts to install better production ways or uh, selling, trading sustainable fashion. But uh, on the other hand, there is still um, a long way to go. I mean, it's clear we can't turn back the wheel to handmade slow fashion and uh, individual clothes that's clear that wouldn't be realistic but and uh, uh, produce um, a fashion which would be absolutely no threat for humans or the environment but um, still there are some programs um, that need urgently to be installed some laws to urgently being decided to go into and sorry of course that means also to implement these laws not only in Germany or in Europe but uh, globally and uh, there would be for example the topic of due diligence that means um, that Uh, all um, brands are really responsible um, for what they do and not only do in their own production plans but also in uh, countries uh, where uh, we don't have uh, such good laws for example yeah I think we did get better <laughs> but uh, yeah we still have to work <laughs> there's, there's quite some some way to go but um, if I think back I I did start working on this in back in 2008 when I started uh, my PhD. And uh, I did my PhD traveling down the textile supply chains. And um, that was like the time when the first um, standards, standard setters were really starting to think about, hmm, we don't only need codes, codes of conduct, but we also need ways of how to implement them. And they started to think about what could be um, capacity building programs, how could they look like? Um, some very early intents in, in Central America back then um, from uh, Social Accountability International, from the Fair Labor Association and others. And um, uh, coming from a place where there was almost no regulation to now a place where there is some regulation, even though it's a patchwork. And from a place where there was no implementation of sorts, where thinking where there's a thinking about implementation is is a good way forward. I think at the same time, it's always also interesting to think about how do we go forward? How can we paint this picture? What are what are the the challenges that we want to tackle in the future in this? Well, I think if we talk about circular economy, there is. Today, there is um, one big challenge, and this is the costs. I mean, if you try to work sustainable and if you try to work circular, um, then you have to use um, 
good products, long-lasting products. You have to implement technologies, logistics, and so on. And that would mean, of course, an invest, which makes it quite difficult for smaller brands. But also the big industry yeah, will have to invest something. And um, even consumers will have to invest accepting um, the products they they will get in, in if they are produced in sustainable ways. So this would be one challenge to implement technologies and logistical systems and um, the understanding on a, a broad floor um, to make a bigger step forward. But also one of the challenges would be to create a kind of comparability so that people can understand what really is circular economy or what is a circular fashion product? Is it just um, that I saved some fabric with cut and trim or is it only to have a recycled product or what else is behind this product which shows me um, as a consumer or as a retailer, hey, this is a good product. There is no um, unique or no no um, comparability actually because um, yeah, the topic is quite diverse and it's so many aspects to look at. So this would be quite um, a challenge to create a transparency. Definitely. And I I think that's where the discussion is right now um, also to to look at how far do we want to go how do we map this how do we prove this um, there's a that idea of the digital product passport is that a good way to go about is there other ways how to prove what you do um, when you try to change your linear linear business model to a circular business model how can you make sure that you can do the right steps and also how can you make sure to show transparently how you do the right steps and what should be taken in. And there's a tech discussion going on and how to solve this in, in terms of tech. That's probably too detailed to go into here right now. But I think it's also important to have good venues of where and how to discuss this and how to bring different stakeholders together in terms of what do we want, how do we design it, how should it look like? And I think that shouldn't stay in the tech area in terms of apps and other offers where you can map the different steps of the circular economy, but like zooming out and thinking about the bigger picture, what is actually important um, either to regulate or to agree to um, in, in a business um, association in standards um, and how and how to go about there's a publication of the european commission that came out end of uh, 2022 that has been um, trying to um, map the different tech developments in the circular economy we will put those in the show notes if people want to dive deeper into it um, but um, there are also many non-technical solutions in the circular economy that are important to get into the discussion and to think um, through also for for companies um, what about um, textile rental services what about repair and warranty what about circular design um, and design for sustainability there's much more to to develop and um, those are just some thoughts that, that came to my mind when you talked <laughs> Yes, that's um, that's absolutely correct. I mean, yes, digitalization can help um, in in many points, of course. 
but uh, for example, to, to create intelligent cut and trim programs that save material or and so forth and so on. But I think to, to change the attitude um, is an important aspect and to do this on a very broad floor because the more systems we have for um, giving back textiles or um, secondhand programs or um, uh, swapping platforms and so on, the more we have, the easier it gets. So um, yeah, that's uh, uh, of course uh, one of the challenges to get it on a broad way. When you think about opportunities and, and how could companies think about those opportunities um, in the circular economy? What comes up for you? Well, there are a couple. I mean, um, one is, for example, that it makes easy to you to comply um, to the laws we already have. We have, for example, the Closed Substance Cycle Waste Management Act. Um, in the buying countries, we have Waste Management Acts, for example, and there are a couple more. That would be one aspect. Of course, you will have a kind of unique selling um, proposition if you can prove or can can tell a story about your um, circular uh, thoughts and so on and the products um, we are just right at the beginning of the discussion on circularity if you are starting now I mean you can um, be a pioneer or you can keep being a pioneer um, that's quite a discussion we have uh, with our members because a lot of things are done it's the use of uh, green chemicals, for example, um, the use of natural uh, fibers, for example, the social compliment, for example. They all do it already. They um, all uh, look for wastewater and um, so on and so forth. But really being a circular brand would be a new pioneering attitude for um, yeah, what you can uh, show and uh, show that you work um, sustainably by, by the core of the company. Right, because that could be a strong narrative um, if you think about how can you keep on being a champion um, and you talked about the uh, natural textile um, brands and, and, and business um, how can you how can you continue to be a leader and also how can you share your knowledge because there's lots yes. of knowledge um, that has been gathered in this uh, sector in this in this area and I think that is also something that is my mission. So how can we share this knowledge better? Um, because I think we need to think about other formats of how to share this knowledge, how to get together small brands with big brands, but also university students and researchers uh, with brands, tech people, um, change makers, um, but those are formats like of hackathons, bar camps, other large-scale design thinking events. There's so much wonderful formats that come out of the new work uh, movement of out of the new work methods that can really help us kind of share this knowledge, bridge the knowledge also to to other to other sectors, um, and also to kind of have this multidisciplinary, cross-disciplinary exchange because that can really scale up and and, and help um, also different economic actors to, to learn and to not have to do all of the learning journey that, uh, as the natural textile industry has done, but maybe to take a shortcut with all of the learnings um, that the natural textile industry um, already brings along. And also what I've heard from you and I would like to uh, stress is it's also about mindset, right? So um, if we find good ways of 
not only um, outside of the different business, but also inside of the business, all of the different employees and all of the different sectors and departments of a business, how can we make this mindset shift and how can we create um, ideas along around the circular economy, stories around the circular economy for that very business to thrive and to actually also combine things of sustainability, in this case, circular economy, and developing employees. Um, so I think there's much more potential to see what are overlapping topics where we can really make a narrative um, out of it. Yeah. Yeah, actually, this is one of the, the core businesses of IVN. So um, this is what we uh, try to do very intensively just to share the knowledge of our long aged members into the network of uh, all of the members uh, and also we will um, have circular economy as one of our main topics for um, 2023 we will have uh, a conference in june um, in our academies uh, and it is open um, not only for members but uh, all new brands and this is very important to to really give the knowledge um, and create a, a new mindset for for all um, the newcomers, the entrepreneurs which are um, starting with uh, brands or with uh, a production. Yeah, this is really extremely important. So what I hear from you is um, I'm trying to see if we would say. Those are the three next steps that could make sense. Um, I've heard earlier in the discussion, um, get ready and, and, and start rethinking how you design your clothes. Those are one thing that I, that I would put on my next steps list. Um, the second step that I think about is go share your knowledge and learn from others. Um, yeah. And the third step um, that um, I identify throughout this um, conversation is uh, be ready to invest um, also and, and be ready to walk the talk um, in this. What is it for you, the next important steps that you see? Well, I can tell what, what IVN is working on at the moment, trying to do it in high speed. Um, uh, we are talking to different consultants and creating really a uniform assessment system for a circularity. That's uh, to us, that's very important. Then we are reworking all our um, communication media to um, focus on the topic. So that would be um, share knowledge, the share knowledge topic. Yeah, put it in the focus focus of our academy and also um, we are talking with a couple of brands to improve some logistic systems um, so uh, taking back systems or recycling systems um, that make sense for example so they are very concrete measures I think. This was a very rich conversation we've had. Um, what is your takeaway from this conversation? Well, actually, it's a it's a sort of um, motivation coming to me uh, talking with you about this topic, and uh, I'm I think I will um, leave it with uh, the thought of go ahead, go into action, do it, something like this. So <laughs> <laughs> great to hear that it was motivating. I am likewise. I can say the say the very same. And uh, my takeaway is that circular economy is a, is a wonderful way of how to 
co-create, collaborate, and and exchange knowledge in order to to make the transformation work. And I think there are many wonderful actors out there that want to move and walk the talk. Um, so let's bring them together with other important stakeholders to see how we can solve those different issues. If people like to know more about you and your work, where can they find you? Um, I think the easiest way, because we are not so present on um, the social media, um, the easiest way would be to um, visit our website, which is naturtextil.de. I'm always happy of um, getting a call, a real talk. Of course, um, you will find um, my contact or our contact um, there, of course. And also visit our uh, summer conference um, to get into the network directly and talk with other people um, would be um, a good idea. Great. Awesome. We'll make sure to put this information also in the show notes uh, for people to find. And thank you, Heike, for joining this show today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nicole. <laughs> It was a pleasure. If you like what you have heard, tell me about it and let's continue the conversation on LinkedIn. Come back next time and recommend the show to your colleague and friends. <laughs>